You're listening to the soothing sounds of the house of My name is Cole Harmon. I'll be your host today. Thank you for tuning in. Hallelujah. Hey, welcome to the show. I figured I'd give you some nice uh, ocean sounds to soothe you, because today is going to be a fire hose, maybe a fire tornado, maybe a flaming tornado of activity and revelation. So just buckle up. Uh, but before we jump into all that, uh, I just wanted to continue to update you all. So if you've been following uh, since the 1st of April, um, my community here in Slavic Village, Ohio, has been getting rocked over and over and over by Jesus. Our lives have been flipped upside down. And as a result, I have just not had as much time to devote to podcasting. Uh, and also, I have just been felt like I've been struck sort of mute. Like I've just been so busy gazing at the glory of Jesus that it's like, what do I even say? Uh, but now I've, I've, I've been uh, just talking with him, and I feel like he wants me to focus on what we're going to talk about today is the cross, really unpacking the message of the cross. So more on that in a minute. Um, I'll still be doing main episodes. Uh, I'm going to continue to bring my wife on. I, I had so much fun talking to her last episode. She's actually quite a natural at this podcasting thing. She should start her own show. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking about all kinds of stuff, not just marriage and relationship stuff, but also just even talking to each other about God and having those kinds of fun conversations. So if there's any questions that you guys have for us, we would love to uh, tackle those. Um, But also, I'm going to be doing a lot more interviews with guests. So actually, this week, I'm so excited. Coming up, um, I'll be having Jake Veach, who's a Bethel Cleveland pastor. But he was also a pastor in Reading for, I I believe, a decade. He and his wife are just some of the most uh, rich and beautiful and just like wonderfully dripping with Jesus people I know. He's also happens to be hilarious and uh, so I'm really excited to see what happens there. I always really enjoy my conversations with him. So yeah, that's coming right up. Uh, but for now, yes, just go ahead and take a deep breath. I, I want to talk about the cross uh, for a while. I think there's so much beauty and richness in the cross. Um, you know, when Paul was getting harassed by Jewish believers, he said they demand a sign. And then he had the Greek-speaking philosopher types always on his back, and he said, and they demand wisdom, um, but the cross is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. He said, I didn't come to you with fancy words, um, but I came to you with demonstrations of the kingdom of God, and I resolved to know nothing among you except Christ in him crucified. The cross is the message that propelled the early church. The cross is the thing that people have been giving their lives for, for generations and generations. Uh, And so there's so much power. However, sometimes if you look at what's going on in the mainstream church, 
there's really not a lot of power. There's not a lot of people who you would see who just have that rich, rich, fiery conviction. Like they would even just go to the grave willingly for Jesus. No, you just see a lot of people who are sort of like half connected. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think one of the biggest reasons is because we have absolutely um, butchered the gospel. So you think about it like a 2,000-year-long game of telephone. You have the message of the church in the scriptures, and then through years of filters and opinions and ideas and cultural bents, which we all have them. But I think what's happening is God is really awakening people's hearts to wanting to really discover and rediscover the mystery of the cross all over again. And so you have kind of two camps going on. Uh, on one side, you've got the uh, the folks who just sort of dumb down the cross and make it uh, really the only time it ever gets a shout out is in uh, during an altar call. And really, it's just your ticket to the afterlife. This whole thing is just so God could get you out of hell. He did that through the cross. Awesome. Now, let's just talk about anything else right now. You know, let's talk about hip relevant messages or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but and then the other side, it's like it's so weighted down with just bad theology. Listen, if you ever hear somebody preach, quote, the gospel, and the room feels heavy and sad afterwards, I don't think you are hearing the gospel at all. I think you are hearing man's best approximation. Okay, but the the angel who arrived uh, when Jesus was being born, he said, this is the greatest, most glad news that has ever come to earth. He said it is good news for all people, good goodwill for all men, right? It is good, good news. So if it doesn't sound like good news, it probably isn't good news, okay? So a lot of us have just been... Th- fed this stuff our entire life and sometimes it takes a a humility to be challenged uh to be challenged and say hey maybe some of my foundational beliefs were either wrong or maybe just a little bit skewed and that's the journey i've been on for the last oh gosh probably eight years to just what assumptions did i have that are being challenged and shaken and what revelations can god give me instead Mm Hmm. now there are some of you who might be like Man, that's all good and fine, but I want something practical. Listen, the cross is the most practical message of all time, if you let it be. The cross has something to say about your identity, who you are, your destiny, where you came from, where you're going. The cross has something to say about your marriage, about your business, how you live your life, how you raise your kids. The cross has something to say about the Father and who He is, who is God. The the cross speaks about the spirit realm and what's going on in the heavens. The cross... Uh, it literally shifted human history itself. And if you let it, if you really dive in and just let it, it will be the most transforming thing that you've ever heard in your entire life. Not to mention it brings healing and freedom and life, okay? Jesus poured out every last gift that heaven had for you on the cross. And if you don't understand that, how can you receive it? Do you know what I'm saying? The cross is the doorway into this massive, beautiful kingdom of God. But if you don't even understand the door, how are you going to understand what he wants to give you on the inside, if that makes sense? Yeah. So I know I know theology oftentimes can be boring for so many people, but I'm telling you, 
listen with your spirit because this could really just change your life forever. Ah, a little coffee there. So where do we begin in talking about all of this? Well, I figured one of the best ways would be to talk about some concepts where if you can kind of get these in your mind, they will help you with all the rest of the things that we'll be talking about because they're repeated themes. But one uh, very important concept to grab onto is um, the cross had a massive effect on the spirit realm. So one thing that you really need to know about the spirit realm is it's a real place. Uh, I mean, it's not a geographical place, but it's a real world and it has its own physics and it has its own government. For example, there's a hierarchy among the angels. There's the the seraphim and the cherubim. There's the messengers. There's uh, different angels like Michael or uh, Gabriel or whatever. Um, There's an actual structure to it. And this is how God designed it. And he never gets rid of that. Also, uh, it has its own physics. There's a way in which it functions just like the earth does. So, for example, on earth, we have gravity. I know if I throw an apple, it's going to fall and hit the ground. Well, sowing and reaping is an example of a heavenly law. If I sow love and I sow peace, I'm going to reap the rewards of that, right? Uh, So that's very important to know that part of the reason why the cross had to happen the way it did is because it's... Jesus is interacting with the entire unseen realm and affecting it in ways that we might not even understand, right? And so God knew, God always wanted a system uh, of where he could share his glory, share his authority, not only with us, but with beings that he created in the heavenly places. But he knew that if free will was a part of the equation, uh, that there's always the potential that it could go very wrong, which it which it did because of our choices. So that's why it says the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the earth. Uh, the cross is not plan B. God always knew it was going to shake down this way, and he always knew exactly what would happen if that took place. And so the cross already happened in the invisible realm outside of time and space before it ever actually manifested in the natural Sorry, that is a really like crazy sort of uh, spiritual thing to try to say, but let me break it down even further. Okay, another important concept along with that is that the earth was always meant to be one with the spirit realm, in partnership with the spirit realm. It's meant to be a reflection of what's going on in the invisible. It is a visible representation and manifestation of that which is invisible, right? So... God God actually gave the earth over to mankind. He said, subdue, rule, fill. But Psalm 115 actually says the highest... The highest heaven belongs to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. So we have this amazing job of being able to interact with the spirit and then manifest through our the way we live our lives on earth here. If you want more on that, you can listen to my Marie Kondo episode um, a few episodes back, um, talking about the relationship between the physical and the spiritual. So here's the thing. We were always meant to be submitted to God, right? To But God's rulership is, 
is good. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. He's not just looking for servants who do whatever he says. He's looking for lovers. He's looking for his bride. He's looking for friends. He's looking for co-partners in this. He wants to have fun with it with us, right? Uh, but the devil and the powers, the fallen angels and stuff like that, they're the ones who are also vying for your attention and agreement um, because they want to oppress you. They want to rule you with an iron fist. They want to tell you what to do. They want to make your life hell. How are they able to do this? Because here's the second concept is that the whole, this is a heavenly law, just like sowing and reaping. The way that the natural and the spiritual function together is they function through man's agreement, his permission, his agreement, okay? So, for example, sin did not have power over Cain until he let it, right? God said to him, behold, sin stands at the door waiting to devour you, right? Uh, later on in the Bible, it says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What does that show you? Well, A, he can devour you, but it also shows that there are certain people that he's not able to devour. Okay, Jesus even, God Almighty. Look, it's not that he need, he doesn't need any of this stuff. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need the angels. He doesn't need any of it, but he wants it to function the way he designed it. So he interacts with us according to how he designed it. So even Jesus, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door to me, I'll come in and dine with you, right? So even Jesus is looking for your agreement. This is why, this is why the first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me, right? Because if we worship something, we will actually give it our agreement and then it has the power to master us and manifest through us. So this is what happened with sin. We gave our agreement to sin and through that death was introduced. Death and corruption and sickness and decay and disease, all of that got to come in and reign freely because mankind lost their knowledge of God and surrendered their worship and their devotion to false evil beings who want to enslave. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. But here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus... Uh, Jesus did not just die for your sins. Jesus died as you. He died as your sins, right? So Jesus, he functions as both God and man. <laughs> so when you look at Jesus, you're looking at what's happening in God's mind and perspective, and you're seeing what's happening to mankind. This is why the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam, because see what happened to Adam happened to all of us. If by one man's disobedience, the whole world fell, then by this one man's obedience, the entire world is again lifted. So if by one man, the fall happened by the second and last Adam, uh, I guess you could call it the lifting. <laughs> Hallelujah. The lifting happened, the restore, the restoration of all things. So how did that work? Let me just take a look at why 
The cross is important, and then we'll talk about what that means for you, okay? Mankind was a hopeless slave to all these fallen powers that were enslaving them. And because of the way God designed the spirit and the natural realm to function together, because we participated in these evil systems, whether consciously or unconsciously, we gave them our agreement and they have a legal right to oppress us. They have a legal right to harass you with sickness and death, right? Um, But Jesus, he came not only as God, but he came to be humanity's response. He actually came as humanity itself, bared into one person, and he took the entirety, the full weight of death. He took all the consequences of our sowing and reaping. He took all of that into his own personhood, and he, as humanity, he fulfilled the claim of death. He went all the way down into the grave. But instead of being stuck there, no, he rose to life again and defeated death and removed its legal right for, to harass us, to oppress us, even our legal right to where we would have to die. He removed it once and for all. So if, if you could imagine, like, you know, it talks about being entangled in the cords of death. If you could imagine just having chains all over you and the blood of Jesus, it dissolves those chains once and for all. Death, sin, corruption, decay, it has no no hold over you by the blood of Jesus. He shattered it. He shattered it once and for all. This is why uh, when we say Jesus's blood paid for everything, oftentimes that's in reference to things like healing or deliverance. Because if you see somebody being harassed by demons, look, the claim over them has been broken. They're not allowed to harass them. So you get to drive those things out. If you see sickness in somebody's body, you can confidently march up to that sickness and say, no, All the effects of the fall, all the effects of these authorities and powers have been removed and defeated, and we get to enforce that and release the blessing and the power of God. We get to return to Eden, return to the kingdom of God as we've always been designed. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Right, so if the effects of sin and death and poverty and all those things have been lifted, um, why is it that we see people oppressed? Well, there are two reasons. Um, I look at it this way. There's an amazing story that Greg Boyd tells um, from the days of slavery. He said, I think it took something like a full 50 to 70 years for all the slaves to be freed after the Emancipation Proclamation was given uh, because there were slave owners who, even though the laws had changed, uh, there were slave owners who were deliberately withholding that information from their slaves. So the slaves had no idea that, in fact, they were actually freed Uh, But because they didn't know that, they couldn't enforce it, they couldn't live it, and so effectively they were still slaves. They were stuck under these oppressive powers. Let me tell you, the devil is not going to be the one to tell you the gospel. Jesus Christ has opened your prison doors. He has broken off your chains and you don't have to live under the power of sin another day in your life. But if nobody has told you that, or if you've been told that you have to fight with sin or struggle with sin, or you 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 have to be a slave to it the rest of your life, of course, that's what you're going to manifest. But this is why we need the gospel, the announcement of the good news that you have been freed. The doors are open. It's time to come out and come alive 
alive and be free. It's time to live in freedom. So Jesus has given us the holy and wonderful and beautiful task of announcing the freedom. He's done it. He's saved you. He's made a way for you to live free once and for all. But here's the other thing. Because majority of human beings are living under the agreement still uh, with these false powers and devils and principalities, even though they have no right by the blood of Jesus, we continue to give ourselves over to these things. Okay, so here's how that shakes down for Christians. In Romans, it says, uh, Romans 6, it says, we've died to uh, the reign of sin, right? But do not go on presenting the members of your body as instruments of sin, right? So uh, (laughs) stop presenting your bodies as an open channel for the powers of sin, but instead present yourselves as slaves to righteousness. Become acquainted with your new identity. Surrender to God. Be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Let Him fill you with His plans and purposes, and you'll begin to manifest that. So it is very possible to be freed and yet not be free at all because the way you're living your life, the actions that you're taking, the things you're feeding your mind and your spirit with, the entertainment you consume, the governments you participate in, listen, those powers, because the majority of the world still has not heard the gospel, uh, they are still illegally taking that place of authority. So that's good news because, well, I mean, it's really good news because it means you get to go into whatever sphere of influence that you've been designed for and announce the good news with your life. So let's say you're in education. Man, I don't know if there's any place more corrupt than the educational system, uh, but you get to go in there and announce the reign of heaven and enforce the reign of heaven. Or through praying for the sick, healing the sick. If you see sickness, you have the legal right to kick that sucker out in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So why do we see the world still messed up? Because the the world needs to hear the gospel that they've been saved and set free. But also... On a personal level, we need to stop presenting our members uh, of our body to sin, to be instruments, to be possessed, and instead become possessed by the Holy Ghost and living uh, in the ways of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Yes, so right here, right now, wherever you are, I just release the freedom of heaven over you. I just release you from your bondage. You've been saved and set free. Just like Jesus, he spoke one word to the demon afflicted. He said, "He said, woman, you are free. And the demons fled. He said, you are free. Uh, demons get out and they were freed. I just speak that authority over you in the name of Jesus. Whatever's harassing you, whatever's afflicting you, just break agreement right, right now. Say, yes, Jesus, I take on your blood. I break agreement with these uh, harassing powers and I instead come under the reign of your kingdom and you will see your life transform like never before. So my friends, that is just one little aspect of the cross. There are so many more things that we could talk about that happen, but that is pretty much known as ransom theory, that Jesus became our ransom and rescued us from the powers of sin that held us hostage. 
So yes, uh, I hope that you will continue to join me for future episodes. Keep your eyes out for that interview with Jake Veach coming up and uh, also bringing my wife on. Love you guys. Be free. Be free. You are free in Jesus' name.